Welcome everyone to the Ravir Torah Daf Yomi Shior. Today's Shior is Daf Tet Zayin. We will begin on Daf Tet Zayin Amulav at the word Gufa. Gufa. Amar Avi Bratav Yumi. Sichav Balei Kelaim Pesula. We said that if you used worn out clothes as skach, it's pasul. Says the my balei kelim. What does this mean? Worn out kelim. Amar Abaya. Abaya said, We're talking about a piece of cloth which is less than three by three. To It's not fit, not for ani and not for ashir. So in other words, since the piece of cloth, which normally would be mikabel tumah, is so small that it's unusable. It's less than three fingers by three fingers wide therefore it is not fit not nashim, and therefore it's not a keli and doesn't give a tumah and therefore it is possible that it might have been kosher and that's why we want to specifically tell you that it's pasul now the reason why it's pasul is not midoraita because midoraita it's not mikabel tumah but midrabanan it's pasul. We're afraid you might use one that's too big, maybe. Tanya Kavatedir Amvatavim. We have a bright that supports this as well. It says, Machatzela Chil Shifa. If you have a mat made of uh, seaweed, Vishil Gemi, or made out of um, reeds, Afabi Shiniftahu Mimshure, even though it got smaller. Then the shiur and mesachim you cannot use them for skach. and therefore you see gidola mesachimba ketana em mesachimba. Rabbi Ezra Afi mikabel tumav em mesachimba. So now the, the that's the end of the brayta. But the reason why we came for the brayta for is that the leftovers shiurah, which means. What's left over was a bigger one, and then you cut it. You're not allowed to use it for skach, even though it's smaller than the size. You're still not allowed to use it because, since it was raui in the beginning, the rabbis was raui for skach for mekabel tumah in the beginning because it was bigger than three by three. Now that you cut it less than three by three, the rabbis are still worried that one might mix it up with something else. And that's the source. Okay. Says the Gemara, Hachotet Begadish. Person who hollows out a haystack. Amar Avuna. Lo shanu ela she'en ba en sham halal tefach. Vemeshech shiva. Aval yeshem halal tefach meshech shiva. Hadez the sukkah. The Mishnah had said that if you hollow out a haystack... You cannot use it for a sukkah. And we understood that was because of ta'aseh v'lomina asui. Now the Gemara wants to know now, if this is true, that you can't use it because ta'aseh v'lomina asui, are there any restrictions to it? So Rav Huna says, the Mishnah is only saying that it's basul if you put the haystack on a flat piece of earth. 
But if you put the haystack over a hole in the ground that had the depth of a tefach, and it was seven by seven tefachim, which is the size of a sukkah. Now, one tefach high is not high enough for a sukkah. But seven by seven is wide enough for a sukkah. So, our question now is, when you have seven by seven, it's good, but it's not yet a sukkah. You need to hollow it out. But still, if you would, if you hollow it out, we're going to say now that that would be an exception to the rule, and then the would be kosher. Now, why would it be kosher? Taseh asui should be a problem no matter what. So if it's a problem no matter what, because you're making it, Taseh, you're making it now. It's not minasui, it's not done already. I'm sorry. To, to. What? should really tell you that it's good regardless. Why are we saying here that it's not good? After all, means that you have to make the sukkah. It can't be made already. Here, it's, it's, when you hollow it out, the, the walls are already there and the, the, the skach is already there. You have to put the skach on. But over here we're saying no. Since when you have a hole of one tefach deep, the, there when you place the skach on, if as long as you had in mind when you put it there that you put it making skach, so you, it should be okay because you made it by putting it on. When you put it on flat earth, you didn't make it by putting it on. But over here, you didn't put it on flat earth, you put it on a hole. So when you put it on the hole, you're actually making a sukkah. Yes, the sukkah is too short, but you're making a sukkah and you put it for the sake of sukkah. Even though it's not kosher yet, because you have to make a tent of Achim tall, but it is, does have the name of a sukkah, according to Rav Huna. And since it has the name of a sukkah, we can use that and say that it's kosher, and you just have to, of course, not kosher until you hollow it out, but once you hollow it out, it's going to be fine. That's the opinion of Rav Huna. Tanya Nami Hachi, we have a bright like this as well. Hachotet Pekadish Lasot Lasukah. If you hollow out a Gadish to make a Sukkah, it is a Sukkah. Ask the Gemara, the Hanantan in the Sukkah. Didn't we learn that it's not a Sukkah? El Alav must be, Shmami now we see from here. Kirav Huna, like Rav Huna's law. Since we have two Tanaic statements, a Mishnah and a Brighta, one saying that it's kosher, one saying it's not kosher, we're going to answer the question by saying, that the one that says that it's kosher, the bright that says that it's kosher, is talking about a case where there was a hole on the floor. And the bright that says that it's not kosher is talking about a case where there was no hole on the floor. There are those... There are those who ask a question. Somebody asked a question. The, the Mishnah says it's not a sukkah, but we learned that it is a sukkah. One is when there's a hole, and beforehand, one when there's no hold. Okay, says the Mishnah. 
If a person is making walls on a sukkah, and he is, let's say, weaving them. Okay? From, if, he starts, if he starts from the top going down, then, uh, if you do not get to within three tfachim of the ground, which is what we call gidi'im bok imbo, when um, you have gidi'im, uh, let's say a, a, a baby goat, bok imbo, then you pass Because you have to be able to make sure that it gets within three tfachim of the ground. So a baby goat, other way around, Let's say you start weaving on the bottom of the wall and you start weaving up and you weave up the wall. Once it's 10 tvachim high, it's kosher even if it doesn't reach the top. That's according to Tanakama. Rabbi Yossi, he disagrees about the first law. The first law of Tanakama was that when you start from the top, you have to get to within 10 tvachim of the ground. Here he's saying that the whole law is that you have 10 tvachim high. And even if it's, once you have a 10 tvachim high wall, even if it's more than three off the ground and a, bit, and a kid could go under it, it still could be kosher. So you could have a sukkah where you, according to Rabbi Yossi, you could have a sukkah where you walk in and you don't see anything. You just see four posts around. And you could have walls hanging high up in the sky next to the skach. Let's say you have a 10 amot high uh, skach. Let's say half of 20, 10 amot high, and which is, let's say, 20 feet high. And you have 10 tvachim walls touching the skach. You could walk into a thing where you see nothing and you're in a sukkah, even though you don't see any walls, according to Tanakam, that's impossible. You, the walls have to be at least within three tvachim of the ground. What is the argument between them? One holds that a hanging wall is mutar. The other one says the hanging wall is not mutar. So therefore, the hanging wall over here we're talking is the hanging wall that's, hanging, that's in the sky next to Yisukah. So, this business of hanging walls is really connected to uh, Shabbat also. And we want to say that the same machloket that we have over here is machloket by Shabbat also, like we see now. Tanan Hatam, we learned in Eruvin. Bor Sheben Shnei If you have a, a ditch in between two chaseres, we have two people own two different houses. Now the rule is that if there's a wall in between them, each one is allowed to carry in his own house. There's no problem of Eruv Chetzirot necessary over here because each one has his own his own house and they're not open to each other. If, on the other hand, the two houses are open to each other, that would become a problem and you would need Eruv Chetzirot. Now, in these, this case, the, there is a wall in between. However, in be, the wall stops at one point and there is a ditch in between. And that ditch is a bore that people want to... Uh, draw water from it to well and people want to draw water from the well on both sides on the other hand however the fact that there's a well in between should make it that they're not allowed to carry at all because now they're open to each other and the two houses are open to each other and they should need a roof so what do we do so the Mishnah says and Mali you're not allowed to fill up from it on Shabbat 
Unless you make a mechitza of ten tefachim in for the well. Now, where do you make it? Ben milamala. Whether you do it on the top of the of the hole, above the water level. Ben milamata. Whether you do it on the bottom in the water of the well. Ben betoch okno. Or whether you do it when it's above the entire well altogether on the top of the well. Either way. On the top of the well, right at the top of the airspace. So either at the water level, below the water level, or in the airspace. Okay? And no matter what, as long as you have a mechitza inside, then each side will could use the mechitza to separate, and they're allowed to pull their water in from there. Rav Shimon ben Gamaliel says, According to Bet Shammai, it has to be milmata, milmala, has to be on top. The mechitza has to be above the water, like the Tanakama. And Bet says milmata. He says it only works on the bottom. So he's claiming that Bet requires it on the bottom specifically, and Bet Shammai will allow it above the water, like the Tanakama. Amar Bihuda Bihuda says, and therefore, he disagrees with Tanakama, and he says that you don't need anything in the bore. The fact that you have a wall in between should be enough. Because he holds a hanging mechitza works. So we want to claim that Want to claim that this Rabbi Huda by Eruvin, who said that the, the wall in between the two Chatzidot could be completely on top of the bore, even though it's not in the bore, it's still okay. That Rabbi Huda happens to be the same opinion as our Rabbi Yossi, who Rabbi Yossi is saying by Sukkah that you could have a hanging wall, and the wall doesn't have to get within three tvachim of the floor. Because both of them are claiming that hanging walls count, and therefore we want to say the same thing over here, that hanging walls must count. This is the statement of Rabbi Rahuna, who is connecting Rabbi Yehuda's opinion by the wall working on top of the bar with the opinion of Rabbi Yossi by Sukkah. Not necessarily is that so. Not necessarily does Rabbi Huda have to go to Biosi. And not only that, not necessarily does, does, does Rabbi Yossi by Sukkah have to go to Rabbi Huda. by Shabbat does not have to agree with Rabbi Yossi by Sukkah. Because Rabbi Huda might tell you, Rabbi Huda was only lenient by the case of Shabbat with the wall over the well. Because that was Eruv Chatzirot. That the whole law of carrying by Eruv Chatzirot is rabbinic. Midrabanan, that you're allowed to carry from your private property to another private property. It's only Midrabanan that they're worried because we're afraid that if you carry from private property to private property, you might carry from private to public. And that's why they made Eruv Chatzirot. But since the whole law is Midrabanan, that's why he's lenient. Aval Hacha, but by Sukkah, Midrabanan, it's law. Rabbi Huda would not agree that you could do it by sukkah because the laws of sukkah do right. He wouldn't agree. For the Lord, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Yossi doesn't necessarily hold like Rabbi Huda. 
Because he'll say, Rabbi Yossi only said his law over there, which is the only mitzvah But Shabbat, which is Asur Sikila, you can get killed for it. Law, he wouldn't be lenient. On this side, now, of course, carrying from one chatzer to another, it's not a Isur Sikila. That's only Isur Darabanan. Like we said before, but since it's Yisudaran, which is protecting Yisusikila, that could be more strict according to this flip side, where Rabbi Yossi would not hold like Rabbi Huda. He'll say that that's even more strict than the Deoraita, because even though Sukkah is Deoraita, but there is no way you could ever get killed doing it. Here, there's a danger of your life. Being there's danger of life, even the Darabanan for the danger of life is stricter than the Deoraita. Rabbi Yossi might say, and therefore, not necessarily Rabbi Yossi agree with Rabbi Huda, and not necessarily would Rabbi Huda agree with Rabbi Yossi. Maybe you'll say, This story that happened in Sipori, <clears throat> which rabbi might have been the rabbi who allowed this famous incident in Sipori? Now, all of you are not familiar with the incident in Sipori because the Gemara neglected to tell us about it. But, but it'll rectify that in a second and tell us the story. But the one who wants to know, this story that happened in Sipori, don't we know? that Rabbi Yossi was the Rashiva in Sipari. And therefore, if you want to claim that Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Yehuda, why would he allow the story that happened in Sipari? Which means, we're claiming now that Rabbi Yossi only allows his law by Sukkah. But by Shabbat, with Yisur of carrying, he'll be strict. But here we see a story, there's a famous story where, where something happened in Sipari, they were lenient when it came to the laws of Shabbat. And our assumption is that Rabbi Yossi must have been the rabbi here because we know that he was the Rosh Hashiva in Sipari. I'm assuming there weren't too many Rosh in Sipari. No, the Gemara says, Lo Alpi Rabbi Yossi, El Alpi Rishmael Rabbi Yossi. He was his son, Rishmael Rabbi Yossi. After he died, who was the rabbi who allowed that story in Sipari? And therefore, you don't have a question why he's being lenient on Shabbat. If he only holds it by Sukkah, not a problem. The story in Sipari wasn't him. What's the story? My master, what was the story in Sipari? When Rav Dimi came to Bavel, he, he told over a famous story. <coughs> now Rav Dimi, of course, is an Amor, so he's much after the story of Rav Yossi the Tana. But he's claiming that in the lore, in the traditions of Sipari, where, of course, the Tanaim and Amoraim were living, so the Tanaim lived in the old days, and the Amoraim, Rav Dimi, lived in the time of the Amoraim, but he remembered a story that was in legend in Tzibori, that one time they forgot to put, they used to hide the Sefer Torah in one of the houses because the Goyim, and they would bring it to the shul on Friday to read the Torah, and they forgot to bring it, and they left the, the, the Torah in the guy's house, and they, 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 they couldn't bring it there. The next morning on Shabbat, they spread a sheet over the pillars. And they brought the Sefer Torah and they read with it. And even though the, the, the thing that they spread over the pillars was more than three Tvachim off the ground, they still used those spread sheets to say that they have their own uh, area, and they were able to carry using those sheets in between the house and the shul. How are they allowed to do that? You see that they were being lenient in this case, even though the mechitzot didn't reach the ground on Shabbat. 
you think that case where they actually spread the sheet on Shabbat? Where would they bring them from on Shabbat? How would you get the sheets there? How would you ever get sheets to the public property? You can't carry them. It must be that, that uh, they came and they found them. They were already spread. On the pillars. It means that they brought the Sefer The story must have been a little different. Couldn't be that the story was that they actually... That they actually brought it. It means that they, uh, they. It doesn't mean they actually brought the sheets. They actually brought the sefer using sheets that were already spread. But either way, that would have been a proof. Had it been said by Rabbi Yossi himself, it would have been proof that he's lenient on Shabbat when the things don't reach the ground. In the end, it's only a proof that his son was lenient, but not him. Amar Rav Chista, Amar Abimi. If you have a machatzelat, a mat of four and a bit, it's allowed with sukkah because of a wall. How would you do it? You could hang it in the middle. Less than three tvachim lemata to the ground. So we're telling you now, normally the minimum size of a sukkah is so if you hang it within three twachim of the bottom and three twachim of the top and anything within three twachim is lavud and therefore assuming you have a ten twachim high sukkah which is the minimum size so you can get away with a, a, a mat that's only four twachim wide how would you do that? You, within three twachim of the floor is good. So that's three twachim of airspace, a little less. Plus a mat of four is seven. Plus within three twachim of the top is ten, and then you work out fine. Um, but of course, it has to be arba umashu. It's arba four and a little because if it was four exactly, it wouldn't work because it needs to be less than three on both sides. It has to be four plus two littles, I, I would say. Pshita says, of course it works. What's the chidush? We know that lavud works. Everyone knows that within three tvachim always works as lavud. So why shouldn't it work now? Mar says, no. Mao detema, I would have thunk. Chad lavud, amrinu, we can make one lavud. Tre lavud, but two lavud that you make it on the bottom and the top. Lord, amrinu, you can't say that. Kamash, the chidush here is that you can say two lavuds. Both on the bottom and the top. And you can do both at the same time. Metivi, they ask the question. There's a break that says that uh, that a mat could be seven and a bit in order to work for a wall. Now, if it says seven and a bit, it sounds like a contradiction. We said before that four and a bit are okay, and now we're saying that seven and a bit are okay. That implies that you can only make a lavud on one direction, not two directions. How would it work? Says Kitanya hahi gidola. That's referring to a big sukkah. <clears throat> Meaning, the reason why you need seven is because we're talking about a sukkah where it's larger than a larger than a normal size sukkah and it needs to be seven. It's telling you that you could start from the top and lower it like a biosi. Okay? Now. So we're talking about a sukkah, let's say that's let's say ten amoto, huge. Right? 
Now, in a sukkah like that, you can't get away with four because it's not going to get within, within three tvachim of the floor. You could do it within three tvachim of the top. And you need to have ten tvachim altogether of wall. And therefore, the way you do it is you do three, less than three tvachim of airspace plus seven and a bit, which gets you ten tvachim of wall altogether with the lavud. And then it's hanging above the floor, and that's fine. Because you're going like Rabbi Yossi, who's, who allows hanging mechitzot. Not like Tanakama, who doesn't allow hanging mechitzot. Amar of Ami, Rav Ami says, Pas If you have a piece of wood that's four and a bit, it allows the wall of sukkah. If you have, let's say the other way. Let's say you have a piece of wood that goes from the floor to the, to the skach. But it doesn't make it to the end of the wall. Right? As long as it's with, within three tuachim of the wall, it's lavud and it works. Where it says, my kamashman, ha kamashman, shiva. The chidush of, what's the chidush? Of course we know that lavud works. Why should I need you to tell me that? So the chidush over here is, you have an actual right to tell you that the minimum size of a sukkah is seven by seven. Because the fact that we told you that it's four and a bit, that means that we're using four and a bit plus lavud which is seven altogether. And this is the first time we ever saw that the shiur that we said, that the Mishnah was talking about, actually is seven tefachim. Because four plus three equals seven. And we never knew that before. This this is the source to tell you that it is seven tefachim. We're going to stop over here. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.